Good morning. It's Monday, the 22nd of May, and I'm Govindraj Ethiraj with the core report coming to you from Mumbai, India's financial capital and most rocking city in the world. I usually have two quick reports, a theme of the day and a hmm section. But today I'm going to focus on three economic developments and announcements and draw some linkages and conclusions and also speak to tax expert Girish Vanwari along the way and a quick hmm section on why perhaps you should be buying gold now. Three things happened. First, the government said all Indians traveling overseas have to pay a 20% tax on spends on credit cards used there. This tax would be refunded at the end of the year or adjusted with dues if any. Then it said it was withdrawing the 2000 rupee note that was introduced after the demonetization of the 500 and 1000 rupee notes in November 2016. And finally, a new set of guidelines for startup investors or angel tax guidelines, something that not only refuses to go away but only gets more complicated with every subsequent announcement of relief. These three steps are connected and not in a very good way. So do stay with me till the end and I will tell you why. This is a core report with Govindraj Ethiraj. The government has said that all Indians have to pay a 20% tax collected at source for all international spends on credit cards. This tax would subsequently be netted off against your annual tax dues if any or refunded. It's the kind of regulatory announcement that sends a chill down your spine not because of what it is but because of what it portends. Anyway, the notification was subsequently revised to say all expenses above 7 lakh rupees a year. And the larger context was pointed out, which is that Indians who are allowed to remit $250,000 a year for acquiring assets or almost 2 crore annually are misusing it. Remember, for you to have rupees 2 crore of disposable income in a household per year, you're pretty well to do. Anyway, going by reserve bank figures, Indians are sending approximately 2.2 billion dollars every month or around 26 billion dollars a year at current run rates. Of this, around 1.1 billion dollars a month was spent in overseas travel or around 13 billion dollars this year. It's unusual but does not seem like a figure that should frighten us into a corner. But the argument put forth by the government is that payments made through credit cards were following outside the LRS or liberalized remittance scheme limits and thus not reflected or recorded appropriately. The credit card figure itself I was not able to procure but it seems like a fraction of total outflows. India's chief economic advisor to the Ministry of Finance wrote a detailed piece defending the government's actions on Saturday but did not delineate credit card spends in his argument at least that I could see. And of course it's not clear to me why a credit card transaction which is as wide and as monitorable as any transaction can be within seconds if i might add needs further oversight and by the way indians workers abroad not here are sending record amounts of money back 110 billion dollars to be precise last year and projected at 104 billion dollars this year so much so that investment bank goldman sachs is now predicting india's current account deficit could narrow to 1.4% of gdp as compared to 2.4% in the previous year either way think about how international travelers will now spend their time finding ways to stay within that 7 lakh limit of fine total runarounds the latter being more likely than the former i spoke of what a move like this portends it suggests a degree of economic insecurity and lack of confidence It also makes me wonder if there is something I don't know about our economic future which I believe to be bright by the way. 
Incidentally, our forex reserves are at around $600 billion today, as opposed to the $10 to $30 billion or less when we started lifting restrictions on foreign exchange. Another mortal fear seems to be that if we were to pay these advanced taxes, it may not come back. In addition, of course, to blocking 20% of my credit card spends and depositing them with the government. This particular question I pose to Girish Vanwari, founder of tax advisory firm Transaction Square. I think this was on the cards. I'll tell you why. And uh, you can't look at tax and FEMA separately. You have to look at it together. So a lot of people started using LRS for different things, $250,000. So we had people gifting to their children, people gifting to their siblings, and all of them sold $20,000, $250,000 out. Parents, uh, non-working housewives, non-working mothers, so on and so forth. So that is not the intent of LRS. The intent of LRS is that what you have, you should send out to $3,000. And some people started sending money which was disproportionate to the income which they have in India. So to curb all this, what they are saying is that, okay, you can send out, pay 20% tax. And if you pay 20% tax, you'll get a credit for it. So if you did things like you give money to all members of your family who will send $2,000 each and outbid your individual limit of two three thousand dollars the others will find it difficult to get credit of that 20 percent and they will have to now stand in the queue to get a refund so the intent was to curb this stretching of lrs limits which i was seeing happening and they have curbed it very brutally yeah that's i guess that's the term so now we are talking about credit card specifically so which is where it becomes a little tricky because if i go abroad and if i am having let's say a meal in a restaurant and I pay $50, then $50 plus 20% of that is going to obviously get debited to my credit card account and uh, 20% will go to the government. 20% will go to the government at that point of time. But you will get a credit for this 20% when you finally pay your taxes. And when you come back and tell your employer that you know this is a TCS or a TDS which has been already deposited by me, then that annual withholding liability from salary will go down. Suppose, say, I go out in June and I go out and spend in July. Then when I come back, I know that 20% has got deducted because I was spending through my international credit card overseas. When I come back in August, I will know what the amount is. I will go and tell my employer that, look, 1 lakh rupee or 2 lakh rupee I've already deposited as taxes as TCS. So when you deduct taxes from my salary, factor this in and lower taxes to that extent will get withheld in the next six, seven months. Next six, seven months or next month itself? Because the government is only going to give it back at the end of the year. You average it out. So it's not the next month. It's like you give a declaration that, okay, my annual liability is say four lakhs, out of which one lakh is already now taken care of. So three lakhs divided by a proportionate, whatever the proportionate number of months will be divided. So it's not a dead end. It's a collection at source. It's not a tax. That's what first the misconception should be clear. Sure, it is. I think that everyone accepts. I think the concern is that it's going to come back to your uh, account only a year later at best. It will come back to your account if you're in working. It will come back to your account in the next few days because in the next few months of your withholding. If you're not working, if you're a housewife, uh, using your credit card. If you are a, a young student buying magazines, buying subscriptions, 
then you are not even liable to tax. So in that case, you'll have to file a return of income, claim TCS, and that coming back becomes more uncertain because yes, it should come back when the returns are processed, which is around a year down the line. But then the hassles are much more than than what a normal tax-paying person will go through. Right. Okay. So let's focus on the second part, which is you know when it comes to dealing with the income tax department and getting any kind of refund, including for money that you think is owed to you because it was collected in this form at source at some point earlier. What is the general track record? Track record now with the faceless scheme is very good because automatically refunds get processed. Now, I'm not talking of refunds of 10, 15 crores, but if you have a refund of 2, 3 lakhs, 4 lakhs, it gets processed immediately once the return is taken up under 143.1. So, track record of refunds on smaller amount on individuals is actually very good. You'll be surprised. I mean, a lot of people get refunds in the first 143 itself. So, that I'm not too worried. But again, you have to wait for the year to end. You have to file your return, claim a refund. Nothing is happening at least for a year or year and a half down the line. And when it comes to credit cards, and I'm really focused on that right now. So if my limit was, let's say, 1 lakh, which means effectively I have a limit of 80% now of that, 80,000. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a deduction from your credit card, yes. Any credit card limit will now be reduced by uh, 20% for anyone. If you're doing international spending. Yeah, yeah. Only on international spending, not on everything. Okay, so now, uh, are there any other examples where there is a similar tax collected at source? And uh, if so, what is the turnaround time? It's real estate, actually. In real estate, also, you have a tax collection. So, it's more of a tracking mechanism. It's 1%. So, it's not as draconian as 20%. But track record of a refund is now with the e-assessments and the faceless stuff. It's actually very quick. So, that's not a problem. But yes, uh, to that housewife, that 20,000 rupees also will matter to that person who doesn't have other source of income. A student, a 30,000 rupees will also matter. And you have to be smart about it. No? Then don't use your own credit card. Use your father's credit card who's in a job or your mother's credit card who's working. So anyway, they can get an adjustment against their TDSs with their employers. But at least the tracking will be right. When you say the tracking will be right, what do you mean? Tracking will be right means People disproportionately sending, people uh, sending through relatives, friends, all these gifts being sent. It's not the intent of this LRS deduction. So that's what they have tried to clamp. A merit question. Do you feel that this 20% was necessary to clamp down on a small portion of people who indeed were sending what is clearly more than uh, 1.52 crores? It is not small. You'll be surprised. It's billions of dollars. No, but were they using uh, credit cards to do that? They were using the LRS mechanism to do that. And LRS mechanism has a lot of other expenses. Uh, They have credit cards also. They have reckless spending overseas. People going and shopping in uh, fashion streets with huge expensive stuff also are there in it. But all of this was white, wasn't it? It was all white transactions. All of that was white, but $250,000 was not supposed to be broken for that. So they are saying you go out and spend it. No problem. But make sure that when taxes are withheld, you will get it as a claim against your other tax payable. It's not black or white. It is it is all white because international money is white. Right. You gave the example of capital transactions like a house. 
for which there's a 1% retention now we don't buy and sell houses every day but we may go and do a lot of shopping so what is the ability of the tax department to process that kind of load and therefore ensure that if a refund is due to me it comes when it should do i think it will happen automatically because the refund of 1431 is automatic in the system it's digital you'll be surprised so there's no too much application of mind it's more automatic in the system so i don't see that to be a challenge at all first of all the people who are sending this there's a population but the population is bigger in salaried classes in income generating thing the other classes are smaller where there's a fear that the credit will not come through but those smaller also can be done through the family members who have taxable income so at least the credit will be easier to get hey but it does make life a little complicated uh, going forward of course it does it is it is a compliance it is something which is new something which will take time to settle in and is not there as i understand anywhere else in the world in this form it is not there uh, anywhere i have come across but it is what it is and people will have to start living with this new normal right and and last question uh, girish how how do you see this uh, particular rule or uh, guideline playing out in the larger context of what the objectives that we want to achieve maybe protecting foreign exchange outflows or ensuring better tax compliance see uh, 250000 dollars including credit card money is the right thing to do because that's the substance of it you can't use the credit card to extend 250000 dollars beyond it Two fifty thousand dollars. You should only be spending it. You should not be circulating it amongst your family members and create multiple limits. That also is the right thing to do. So a disincentive of twenty percent to make sure that that two fifty thousand dollars doesn't circulate is also a right thing to do. According to me, it is going to curb the foreign currency stuff which we are seeing. It will also make Gumo India more popular because if you travel India, then there is no twenty percent. You can go to Himachal Pradesh. go to kedarnath go to kashmir go to any other place which you want here why go overseas that 20% also you will save so there will be some diversion to indian tourism also there's a sect of people to him 53000 rupees will matter so it will achieve that but this thing about you know blanketly it being with all that anybody swiping his card to do an international transaction on credit card that is where the pinch will come I'll come in senior citizens. I'll come in students. I'll come in people who don't have other sources of income where they pay taxes. But uh, let's see how it evolves. Uh, I'm not surprised actually, Govind. This was coming. I think people were stretching a rubber band. Twenty percent looks a little harsh, but yes, it was much needed. Something was needed, even if not twenty percent. Yeah, something was needed to curb it. It was not in the spirit and the intent of the regulations which RBI had, the LR stuff. Kirish Vanwari saying among other things that this is a good time to explore India and Indian destinations. Now, the second announcement are near deja vu moment. The government said that rupees 2000 notes or 2000 rupee notes would cease to be legal tender from September 30th 2023. So about 3.5 months to cough up all the notes you had kept under your mattress since 2016. Why 2016? Because 2000 rupee notes did not exist before that. It was argued by the Reserve Bank of India that the 2000 rupee notes were not commonly used for transactions and hence the move to pull it out. It also said it wanted to reduce the use of high value notes in circulation and had stopped printing these notes in the last 4 years. 
Now, the timing with the range of elections around the corner, including state and federal, cannot, of course, be overlooked. Be that as it may, people do have 2,000 rupee notes and are mostly stored away because it is high denomination and the kind of thing you want to keep and pull out in an emergency and not stacks of 20 and 10 rupee notes. While the process of demonetization is staggered out, it does not change the fact that at some point you have to start visiting the bank and depositing your notes. Not the most pleasurable of experiences, I can assure you, particularly since it's 20,000 rupees maximum per visit and some possibly painful paperwork, so that is not confirmed at this point. And the third and final, angel tax. Angel tax is in a sense slapping a tax on an investment into a company if the income tax department feels the valuation of the investment is above fair market value. The law for this was introduced, by the way, in 2012. Remember, tax is usually imposed, actually mostly imposed, on income and not investments which are meant to capitalize or give legs to a business or confer and reflect a change in ownership. Now, the startup sector has been pushing back against the tax department for many years, but to no avail. The government refuses to roll back this law because it believes, and maybe rightly so, that some people use this loophole to transfer money into shell companies to save tax and maybe whitewash funds. But in going after exceptions, it makes it a rule that is only increasing in complexity and perplexity, even as it promises the opposite, which is to make it simple. Now we're told that there are five more valuation methods apart from discounted cash flow and net asset valuation. It would appear that all institutional investors are now out of the net and only individuals and companies will be scrutinized. So therefore, fresh inclusions and fresh exclusions. Remember, a process or new tax law or variation of it becomes cumbersome for those who qualify and those who do not. Just because you're now exempt does not mean you will be exempt from the paperwork or a tax notice. In this, there's a lesson we don't seem to be learning. Where does this leave us? Three seemingly unrelated developments come almost in a day's time all trace back to the economic arms of the government. The tax in itself or the spending limit on international transactions that tend to be reduced by 20% because of that tax or the fact that I will be chasing the tax department for a refund is not so worrying at the end of the day. The three developments actually suggest something wider, a randomness of policy and abstractness of thought about not thinking of the broader objectives or economic vision we've outlined, including our ambitious growth targets, but our promises to make investment simpler, doing business easier, and reducing the interface between government and businesses and citizens. And finally, whether it's bank notes or economic policy, trust is the most critical part of any equation. Any investor, business person, or taxpayer must feel trust in the system and must feel reassured at all times and not face uncertainty. As they say quite often, nothing spooks the market like uncertainty and this trust must flow all around. And finally, the hmm section. Jewelers are saying, according to newspaper reports, that they're receiving inquiries after the Reserve Bank's decision to withdraw those 2,000 rupee notes from circulation. While they say, or are careful to say, that they will not sell unless all KYC norms are fulfilled, there are hints already of higher prices for some transactions. So it looks like the government's move to take 2,000 rupee notes out of circulation might actually push gold prices along. So if you are an investor, maybe this is a good time to look at gold once again.
This was the core report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at the core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter at www.thecore.in. That is www.thecore.in. Or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Now, we would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant to you, including our reporting on India's vibrant manufacturing sector. Write to us at feedback at the core.in. Thank you for listening.